There are several underground alien bases throughout the southwestern region of the United States. They share these facilities with the US military, but everyone works on independent projects and they don't really disclose what they're doing to others unless they're collaborating on something. You can think of it like a big building with many different private company offices inside. Negative aliens abduct humans and bring them into these underground facilities to take biological samples for their genetic or hybridization programs and to perform medical procedures such as inserting implants into abductees. Hi, my name is Vicki Lin and welcome to the Higher Perspective Podcast, a show about seeing the truth to heal. Every week, I explore the non-physical realms that make up most of reality to bring awareness to the importance of spiritual health, inner healing, and energetics so that you can awaken to the truth of who you are. Welcome back to episode nine. When I started this podcast, one of the things I wanted to do was bring awareness to our spiritual health by talking about topics that impact the soul, but tend not to be discussed much. Society doesn't put much weight on the non-physical realms and is quick to label anything that exists there as insane. However, the physical realm makes up less than 5% of our existence. So if we really want to experience true well-being, we have to learn what goes on in the other 95% and understand how those things affect us. There are a lot of things that exist in that non-physical space, many of which people have never heard about or gave much thought towards. But those things can have tremendous impact on us. One of those things is alien implants, and that's what I'll be covering in today's episode. Alien implants are etheric devices that get placed into the energy body of a human being. They are not physical and can only be identified by someone who has the ability to see beyond the physical realm. They operate on the quantum level, which is also the level of the soul and light body, and can wreak havoc on a person's bioelectrical field. Nearly everyone has implants, so it's a widespread problem. But the thing is, most people don't believe they're real. They think it's science fiction and want to see physical evidence to prove their existence first. Something like an x-ray showing a foreign device embedded into the body or an actual microchip surgically removed by a medical doctor. If that's what you're waiting on, unfortunately, you're never going to get the evidence you want because as I mentioned earlier, alien implants don't exist in the physical realm. They exist in the spiritual realm. Physical implants are possible but those are usually related to the military, not extra-dimensional aliens. Considering the level of science and technology we have today, 
the military isn't even using physical implants anymore. They've long moved past that and are now working with much more sophisticated technology, which I'll talk about later in this episode. If someone has physical implants, they are probably from an older generation and have been a subject of military experiments that go back several decades. So how do you get alien implants? Well, the most common way is through abductions that occur when you're either sleeping or when you're traveling in remote areas. As the word abduction implies, it's a form of kidnapping where no consent is given by the human being. In previous episodes, I mentioned not all extra-dimensional beings are friendly, loving, and positive. I hope by now you're not surprised to learn there are lawless criminals in the spiritual realm too. Earth was actually invaded by them many thousands of years ago, which has led to our current predicament. The invaders are not just one race of extra-dimensional beings. There are several of them. They have a complex history with each other and cooperate on different agendas, so it can get very confusing. To keep things simple, I just refer to the entire group as negative aliens. These aliens are extra-dimensional beings who exist outside the physical realm, but have the ability to travel interdimensionally so they can interact with humans on a soul level. Aside from alien abductions, there are also military abductions and military negative alien alliance abductions. I actually have a personal story to share about abductions. In February, 2018, my friend and I took a two week trip to Southwestern USA. We were in Phoenix, Arizona for a couple of days and spent one of those days hiking a trail on Superstition Mountain. The moment we got there, I could feel a very strong and unusual type of energy coming off the land. At the time though, I didn't know what I was picking up on. About halfway up the trail, I started to feel lightheaded and out of breath. My feet got very heavy too, so I had to drag myself every step of the way. This was weird because we've been hiking the entire week before and I never had this problem. There also wasn't much elevation on the trail and I wouldn't consider myself as someone who is out of shape. So the whole thing just didn't make any sense. Since my friend likes to hike fast, I didn't want to hold her back. I told her she can hike ahead and I'll just meet her at the lookout. We were almost there anyways. After she left, I continued walking by myself. The lightheadedness got worse though, so I decided to sit down on the side of the trail and rest for a bit. As I was sitting down, it occurred to me that I haven't seen anyone since I got there. Then I noticed all the rocks on the mountain. I got this eerie feeling they were faces of aliens and were all looking at me. It honestly felt like they were literally standing there from a distance watching me. It made me feel uncomfortable, but I brushed it off 
and instead focus my attention on slow, deep breaths until the lightheadedness went away. Then I got back up on my feet and continued hiking for just a bit more before I saw my friend at the lookout talking to some other hikers. When she saw me, she immediately said, what took you so long? I was confused by her question because I felt like I only sat down for five to 10 minutes at the most. We admired the view together, took some photos, and then went back down the mountain before it got dark. The next day, we went to San Diego and on the beach during sunset, we spotted a UFO light ship on the horizon. It stayed there for a long time until the sun set, and then it disappeared. I have seen a lot of these in my life, so they're not that shocking for me. It's always a physical confirmation that I'm going to have some kind of interdimensional contact, or it has already occurred. Three days later, a bruise appeared on my right upper arm. If you're watching the video version of this episode, here's a photo of it. I didn't recall hitting my arm against anything that could have caused a bruise like that, so it definitely raised a red flag. The next day, we went to a psychic fair north of San Diego that another friend of mine was working at and had invited me to attend. When we got there, I told him about my experience in Phoenix, the UFO sighting, and my bruise. He said I probably had some kind of contact experience and that we could check using a black light flashlight. The idea was if I really did have contact with ETs, They would have left some kind of fluorescent substance on my skin from touching me. The substance would absorb the ultraviolet light from the black light flashlight and re-emit it at a different wavelength so we could visibly see it as something that glows in the dark. A bunch of us wanted to try, so we filed into a room with no windows and turned off the lights. He started scanning everyone one by one with his black light flashlight. To my surprise, some people's skin really did glow with strange markings, including my friend who was traveling with me, but not everyone had this effect. When he scanned me, I glowed with many different fluorescent colored markings. I saw them all over my arms, especially around my bruise. The other people in the room told me it was also all over my face and neck. In case you're wondering, I do shower every day, so whatever that substance is, it doesn't come off with soap and water. Exciting confirmation, isn't it? But keep in mind, it doesn't tell you what kind of entity it was or what happened during that contact. Considering this planet has been invaded by negative alien races for thousands of years, I think a lot of contact experiences that people have are with this group of beings and the purpose behind it is not positive. My bruise got bigger and darker after a few more days. It took about three weeks for it to completely go away, which is extremely long. Just the other day, I hit my thigh really hard against the corner of my end table. 
I was sure it would cause a gigantic bruise, but interestingly, it didn't. The bruise that appeared was barely noticeable, and it disappeared much faster than three weeks. So something was definitely unusual about the bruise that showed up on my arm. It took a while for me to put all the pieces together and understand what really happened. When I sat down to rest on the side of the trail, I actually got abducted and was taken to an underground facility beneath the mountain. There are several underground alien bases throughout the southwestern region of the United States. They share these facilities with the US military, but everyone works on independent projects and they don't really disclose what they're doing to others unless they're collaborating on something. You can think of it like a big building with many different private company offices inside. Negative aliens abduct humans and bring them into these underground facilities to take biological samples for their genetic or hybridization programs and to perform medical procedures such as inserting implants into abductees. The bruise that showed up on my arm was the aftermath of having an etheric implant put into me. When my friend asked me what took so long, I realized later from going through the photos I took with my phone that there was a, about an hour gap between when I sat down on the side of the trail to when I got to the lookout. Even though I felt like I only sat down for five to 10 minutes, it was actually much longer. So there was an aspect of missing time. Those weird symptoms I experienced, such as the sudden onset of lightheadedness and being out of breath was from the electromagnetic technology they used on me to initiate the abduction. They use advanced technology, not just to sedate a person for the abduction, but also to intentionally block out memories so the person cannot remember what happened. All of what I shared so far about my experience are from memories that came back to me naturally when I did spiritual healing work on myself. I think it's better to let blocked memories surface naturally instead of intentionally go digging for them with techniques like hypnosis because if anything traumatic happened, which is oftentimes the case with abductions, you don't want to be unearthing something that your conscious mind is not equipped to handle. There's also the issue of false memories that negative aliens put into people's subconscious mind. This means not everything a person recalls really did happen. You have to know how to differentiate between real memories and false ones, and that requires a lot of skills to do. If you're someone who has always been interested in aliens, had dreams of receiving medical exams or treatments, experienced unusual events in life that just didn't add up, or had conscious interdimensional contact, there's a good chance you've been abducted before and probably have implants. Another way you can get alien implants is from, quote, light workers who are also implanted themselves and under the control of dark entities. 
If you're not familiar with the concept of the dark masquerading as the light, I talk about this in episode eight, so you can go back and listen to it. Basically, when a person does not do inner healing work to integrate their egoic shadow self and work on opening their heart chakra to embody unconditional love, there is a high chance they will be vulnerable to dark forces when they engage in any kind of spiritual work. For example, if a person has a lot of unhealed trauma and proceeds to offer psychic readings, spiritual healing, guided meditations, or channel teachings to the public, those services will act as a portal for dark entities to work through that compromised person and reach all of their clients, patients, students, and or followers. Your energy field expands and opens up when you engage in spiritual work. So it makes it extremely easy for dark entities to implant you at that time and they no longer need to abduct you. The third way you can end up with implants is through inhaling, consuming, or being injected with nanoparticles. A nanoparticle is a particle of matter at the atomic or subatomic scale. So it's super tiny and it's not something you can see with your regular human eyes. They are found in everything nowadays, including pharmaceutical products like the shot that was enforced upon humanity a few years ago, our food supply, drinking water, and even the air we breathe because of geoengineering initiatives. Here's a 2008 article in Elements magazine that states every breath we take contains 50 million nanoparticles. 50 million, that's a lot in just one breath. We take about 20,000 breaths in a day. So if you do the math, the amount of nanoparticles we breathe in on a daily basis adds up to an astronomical number. I think it's pretty reasonable to say by now, everyone's body is saturated with nanoparticles. Here's a declassified document from DARPA that confirms exactly that. DARPA is a research and development agency of the U.S. Department of Defense. They are responsible for developing emerging technologies for military use. This document provides an update on phase four of their nano-domestic QUEL program. You can see the assistant director made a projection that the nanoparticle infection rate for the general American population will be 98% by January 2014. So today, 10 years later, we can probably assume that 100% of the American population has nanoparticles inside of them. By the way, this doesn't just apply to Americans. Every country on the planet is subjected to the same agenda because Earth is being run by the global elite who are under the control of negative aliens. So how do we get from nanoparticles to alien implants? Well, a couple of things. The first one is nanoparticles have unique properties that are different than the regular sized particles because of the application of quantum physics. 
One of these unique properties is they can self-replicate and self-assemble into different kinds of nanotechnology, such as nanobots and microchips. If you're thinking, no way, that's pure science fiction. It's not. It's real published science. Over the past few years, nanotechnology research has exploded. There are thousands of papers showing how it's being used to advance the field of medicine and computer science. You can go look it up yourself. I guarantee you, you will be shocked just like I was and realize very quickly that science fiction is actually real life. In case you're still not convinced about nanoparticles self-assembling into nanotechnology, here are some very interesting photos taken by Dr. David Nixon. He's a family doctor who decided to examine the contents of the enforced shots from a few years ago and discovered nanoparticles that self-assembled into nanotechnology. These photos are from him putting a few drops of that product onto the slide and then observing the changes for a few hours under a microscope. What do you think of these structures that formed? Do they look like anything to you? To me, they definitely resemble some kind of electronic device, like a microchip or an implant. Remember, nanoparticles and nanotechnology are really small, so you can't see them with your human eyes or feel them forming inside of you. Here are a few more photos of different structures he photographed. These ones have glowing lights. This one shows a nanowire that formed within a few hours. And after it was fully built, it knew how to connect itself to the square device beside it, which looks like some kind of microchip to me. Isn't this crazy? The second thing is Nanotechnology is actually alien technology. It's something extra dimensional beings have had for thousands and thousands of years. It's how the creator gods or negative aliens who control this planet were able to create our 3D hologram reality. It's also how they were able to manipulate the genetics of the human species throughout history, put up a frequency fence and keep souls trapped on the reincarnation wheel. They gave this technology to humans not because they wanted us to improve our lives, but so the researchers, scientists, government, and the military would help them develop a new digital reality that they could then transfer souls into and trap them there for eternity. Whether it's military implants or etheric alien implants, it's all based on nanotechnology that work on the quantum level. Remember I said earlier that the quantum level is also the level of your soul and the light body. This means implants are put into people to gain access to the human soul and its life force energy. Implants can do a variety of things. So not every device serves the same purpose. I'll go through the five most common things they can do, and that should give you a good idea 
as to why they are being implanted into people. The first one is to tag a person so they can track, monitor, and collect data on that individual. The controllers like to keep track of outliers within a human population because these souls have the potential to take down their domination plan if they go through a real awakening and connect with others like themselves. Therefore, these souls are monitored and if any electromagnetic spikes indicating significant consciousness expansion is observed among them, they can locate these individuals using the implants and quickly put a damper on things. It's kind of like they're playing the whack-a-mole game to keep the light suppressed. The data collection part is so they can take your information and use it to build your digital avatar twin that will interface with the new digital reality they're trying to transfer everyone into. This is part of the transhumanism agenda on the artificial AI timeline I talked about in episode seven. The second purpose of implants is for mind control. Neural implants placed into the brain can keep people under a hypnotic trance or spell making them easier to be controlled. How it works is the electromagnetic frequencies emitted from the implant can alter a person's brainwave patterns and put them into an alpha or theta state, which is known in neuroscience to be the hypnotic state. Once your mind is primed, the implant can then install programming into your subconscious that influences the thoughts, emotions, behaviors, beliefs, and desires you have, basically controlling who you are. Implants placed near the brain can also scramble the sound and light frequencies your consciousness sends out and receives. This affects your natural ability to communicate with your higher self and other benevolent extra-dimensional beings. They can also affect your ability to receive accurate information from the spiritual realm, including remote viewing and soul journeys. Basically, these types of implants keep you locked into a small frequency band so your consciousness cannot expand outside the matrix and wake up to the fact that there's a lot more to life than what they tell you. The third purpose is to harvest your soul's life force energy as food. In episode four, I talked about how dark entities are completely cut off from source, so they need to feed on other people's energy to stay alive. It's a form of parasitic vampirism that has been taking place on this planet for a very long time. Implants can also allow dark entities to siphon a person's life force energy into other dimensions where they use it to build and run their colonies. In other words, they use the human soul like a battery. If you feel drained all the time and have no inner strength to do anything, this might be a reason. The fourth purpose is to disrupt your electromagnetic energy system. When implants are placed into your energy body, they gain access to your bioelectrical system and basically hijacks it by 
doing things like reversing the direction energy flows through you, blocking energy from entering certain areas, or manipulating it in other ways. Whenever the flow of energy in an area of your body is disrupted or blocked, physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual health problems follow shortly after. Implants work multidimensionally, so they affect you on many levels that you may not be consciously aware of, but it will eventually show up as some kind of physical symptom. The fifth purpose is to stop your spiritual growth by shutting down your soul so you don't fulfill your mission. Everyone comes to earth with a set of unique spiritual gifts that are meant to be shared with the world. No matter how big or small they seem, they are important and needed. Your gifts and purpose contribute to the greater plan of liberating humanity. That plan is a team effort, so everyone needs to do their part if we want to see that happen. The artificial electromagnetic frequencies emitted from implants can distort your DNA expression and can interfere with your spiritual gifts coming online. Those frequencies can also block messages from your higher self and other benevolent beings who are attempting to help you with your spiritual evolution. When this happens to a majority of the population, we become the blind leading the blind and humanity doesn't end up going anywhere good. As you can see, none of those things sound positive, loving, or empowering in any way. In fact, I would say that they are manipulative, controlling, and intrusive. This is why, in my opinion, implants are always put into people by dark forces, such as negative alien races or the military, and therefore they should be removed. I have heard people talk about receiving an implant from their star family that supposedly transmits high frequencies to them or acts like a device where they can communicate with them all the time. My personal opinion on that is that those people have unfortunately been greatly deceived. Truly benevolent extra-dimensional beings want humanity to be autonomous and sovereign souls, essentially equals in the universe. Being sovereign means being independent, self-empowered, and free from bondage. How can having an implant that gives someone else the ability to control you, monitor you at all times, and feed you information or frequencies fit the definition of being sovereign? It doesn't. It's possible to receive help and guidance from higher places when you're still learning how to become a sovereign soul. But as I mentioned in the last episode, truly benevolent and highly evolved extra-dimensional beings do not interfere with day-to-day human affairs. When they do assist, it is usually done in an extremely subtle and open-ended way. This is to encourage you to become self-reliant as well as to honor your free will and the no interference agreement so you can make your own decisions and choose 
how you want to create your life. If you suspect you have implants and want to find them in your body, they're usually placed along your etheric nervous system, especially in the brain and spine. They can also be placed into organs, glands, and chakras. If you experience issues with certain areas of your body, it's a good idea to start investigating around that area. For example, an implant placed into your heart chakra could contribute to cardiac issues that just don't seem to improve no matter what you do. Tracking devices or tags can be placed anywhere in your energy body. If you're sensitive to energy, you can scan your body with your hand to locate them. When you come across it, the energy will feel very different because of the artificial frequencies coming off of it. If you're not sensitive enough to feel energy with your hands, you can work on developing your inner sight or find a healer who has the ability to see beyond the physical realm to help you locate them. They're not always easy to find because they can be hidden deeply into different layers of your energy body. Plus, the frequencies coming off of it can sometimes be subtle and hard to detect. If you're looking to get implants removed by a healer, it would be a good idea to ask around and see how each person does it first. Then pick someone whose process resonates with you the most. I'll share my process to give you an idea of what to expect, but just know that there's probably many ways to do this, so how I do it is not going to be the only way. I basically combine vocal sound frequencies in the form of light language singing and something called etheric surgery to remove implants. Etheric surgery is a spiritual healing modality that was practiced a long, long time ago in healing temples across very ancient civilizations like Atlantis and Lemuria. These healing techniques came from our celestial ancestors and the knowledge has been somewhat preserved in many traditional healing modalities, such as traditional Chinese, Indian, and indigenous medicine. But since the early 1900s, they have been on a sharp decline because of a man named John D. Rockefeller. He wanted to monopolize the medical industry so he could push his petroleum-derived chemical products as the only solution to health problems. To do that though, he realized he had to eliminate the competition first, which were all the natural, holistic, frequency, and spiritual healing modalities. And then change public opinion through social conditioning. His plan involved funding medical schools to teach allopathic medicine, giving grants for pharmaceutical drug research, and running propaganda campaigns in magazines, newspapers, and other media outlets. This was an extremely successful agenda that created our current medical system that still is running strong. Actually, I think it's starting to break down as we speak, thanks to the unspeakable plague we got a few years ago. That event woke up a lot of people to the truth of our medical system, and I think, in a way, 
it created a window for natural, holistic, frequency, and spiritual healing modalities to return. Going back to etheric surgery, it's a spiritual healing modality that primarily works on restoring your nadial system, which is also known as your etheric nervous system or energetic meridian channels. A lot of people aren't aware of this, but your physical nervous system extends energetically into the cosmos through your nadial system. These pathways act like a highway to let you receive frequencies from the stars that can nourish and heal your cellular and spiritual light body. A lot of times, people's nadial system is damaged, disconnected, or wired incorrectly. This affects the functionality of your higher brain, chakras, and the different layers of your aura. Alien implants are almost always placed somewhere along the etheric nervous system, and over time, they embed themselves deeply into your nervous system and it becomes this big, tangled mess. Etheric surgery is the only way I'm aware of which allows these implants to be removed while still preserving the structural integrity of your etheric nervous system and brain. Now, let me walk you through the process of how I remove implants in a healing session. The first thing I do is locate where the implants are. Most of the time, I don't go looking for them. I find them when I am working on other things like clearing chakras in someone. Occasionally, I see them in my mind before I even start the healing session. This usually happens if the implant is directly linked to the problem a person is wanting me to help them with. Once I locate the implant, I deactivate it using a unique sequence of multidimensional tones. You can think of an implant like an active electronic device or explosive, and to turn it off, the correct code needs to be entered into it. This code comes to my soul intuitively as a melody that I sing in light language. Each implant has a unique deactivation code, so I don't think a single universal code will work across the board. The deactivation code is something that is dynamic, meaning it's a fluctuating combination of notes and frequencies, which is why it comes through me as a song. I have found if you don't deactivate the implant first, it will start sending out disruptive frequencies as you try to remove it. Those frequencies will damage the energy body of the person and make it a lot harder to take out. That's the point though. It's designed to stop it from being removed. Also, if it's not deactivated, it can alert the extra dimensional beings who put it in and tell them you're trying to extract it. That can lead to a very unpleasant confrontation later. After it's been successfully deactivated, I use vocal sound frequencies to sedate the person before starting the etheric surgery to remove the implant. It's similar to giving someone anesthesia before surgery, but I use music instead to relax the person and calm down their mind. Removing an implant can be a big procedure, 
especially if it is a neural implant that's deeply wired into the brain and central nervous system. Taking those kind of implants out can temporarily disrupt the neural network, so it's important to have the person relaxed and in a meditative state. Next, I begin the etheric surgery. I work on the holographic field and start going around the implant to gently extract it out of the energy body. Depending on how large it is and how deeply embedded it is, it can take a lot of time. I just keep working at it until it's no longer stuck. If it has tentacles or extensions, each of them have to be extracted individually. So when I gently pull on the main body of it, the whole thing will just slide out in one piece. I do this to avoid having to go through the body later and look for pieces that got stuck. Once it's all out, I will either send the implant back to source or transmute it myself back into light using the love in my heart. To transmute things this way, you have to have unified the polarity within yourself first by integrating your shadow self. If you feel any sort of fear, disgust, or hate towards the implant or the beings who put it in, it means you haven't gotten to that point yet. So it's best to just send it back to source. Then the etheric nervous system needs to be rewired and healed. This is done using etheric surgery. There will also be a hole where the implant was previously embedded. So that needs to be filled with healing energy. Then the soul will require healing work as well. After that, it's all done. Some implants require less work to remove than others. For example, tags and devices that monitor and track are much easier to remove compared to a neural implant that is intricately wired into the brain and nervous system. If you're looking for a do-it-yourself version, I have to emphasize that not everything in life can be a do-it-yourself project. I've heard some people say healers are not needed because everyone can heal themselves. The core of that message is very empowering and accurate, but the truth is there are a lot of things in life that require in-depth knowledge and a highly developed skill set to do. I would consider healing work to be one of those things. For example, everyone has the ability to be a medical surgeon but not everyone will because it requires a lot of education, training, and practice to get to that point of being able to perform operations safely and successfully. Most people can't be bothered to go through all of that. So if they need surgery, they will go to someone who has put in the work to develop the skills needed to do that. They won't typically go for a do-it-yourself option and self-operate at home. I know this comparison might be a bit extreme because spiritual healing is not the same as physical surgery, but there's a lot of similarities and both can lead to consequences if it's not done correctly. I have seen many cases of people getting quite damaged from Simple things like listening to free subliminal meditations on YouTube 
or more complicated things like receiving spiritual healing work from an inexperienced healer. Those decisions made their problems a lot worse compared to what they originally started out with. But until someone goes through that personally, they won't typically take spiritual healing work seriously or understand the impact spiritual health has on their 3D life. With all that said, I will give you a few things you can do on your own to prepare yourself for an implant removal procedure. The first thing is to work on expanding your awareness and developing your sensitivity. This will help you figure out if you have implants and where they are located in your body. Secondly, do inner healing work to integrate your shadow self and address any unhealed trauma or emotional wounds. This will fix the root reason as to why these implants were placed into you in the first place. Most of the time, if you investigate deeply, you'll realize on a higher spiritual level, your soul either agreed to it or allowed it to happen. And part of your healing journey is to figure out why. Lastly, work on healing your heart chakra so you can develop more love for yourself. Not just say it in words or think about the idea of it, but actually feel it in your heart and embody that energy physically in your life. Love is a really powerful frequency that can be extremely healing. If you can hold that unconditional love frequency consistently in your heart, you will be able to disable all the implants you have. Regardless of what problem you're struggling with, just remember that embodying real unconditional love in your heart is how you can overcome it all. I'll see you in the next episode.